Hello and welcome to the MF Gamers podcast. My name is Simon and this is episode 8 of 20 questions where I bring in a surprise guest each episode and ask them 20 gaming related questions. Question 1. Who are you? Give us the riveting background of your username. It's a me, it's Hendo. <laughs> like the ant uh, does talk to each other enough already on these shows. Yeah. Hendo is basically my name. My actual name is Henderson, and I've been called Hendo since I was about five. So that's something that stuck with me. My brother is five years older than me, so when I started primary school, he was pretty much leaving, and everyone in primary school was like, oh, it's little Hendo. And then I went to high school, and I went to a different high school than everyone I went to primary school with, and because there was a couple of Andes there, someone said, oh, well, have you got a nickname? And I said, well, I used to be called Hendo, and that's it, and it just carried on, and it continues to this day. What about Stealthy Weasel? Where did that come from? I think it's a Black Adder reference, but I could be wrong. I could be Cunning Weasel. But yeah, that was me and a mate talking about Stealthy Weasels and just having a laugh around that and Black Adder quotes and stuff. Mm, that and Hendo were probably taken by that point on PSN. I can't remember if I looked for it or I didn't bother. I just wanted to something different. If they give the option to change your PSN name, I probably will. But I always try Hendo, if that doesn't work, Mr. Hendo. If that doesn't work, Mr. spelt out, um, and then Hendo, and then an underscore maybe, and after that you start running out of options. Yeah, such imagination, Andy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. You're a musician? Yes. Tell me which game you'd like to make music for. Ooh, that's a good question. Phew. Let's see. There's an option of doing music for rhythm action. That would be quite cool because that's a different way of making music. That's a different mindset. Because mm. obviously you've got like something more cinematic, which would be cool. But making a rhythm action game, that's a completely different mindset. Well, you have to sort of think it out how the person's going to move if there's an instrument involved or if it's buttons and all that yeah. stuff. That's actually, that's stepping into game design as well, not just making music, but... Yeah, yeah, I see exactly. where you're coming from. Yeah, or something like Res, where the person's actions will have an impact on the score. Yeah, like Luminous. Yeah, something like that would be quite cool. That would be quite a challenge, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's not what I'm expecting. I'm expecting some sort of like Dark Souls or something like that, you know, the foreboding music, but the actual tactile music, I guess, is the best way to explain it because you're actually influencing the track as it's been laid down. Something like Dark Souls would be not enough of a challenge, I think, because it's easy to make foreboding music. Anyone can do that. Mm. You just pick a minor key and make it slow, but something like a rhythm action game or Luminous, that's an actual challenge, I would think. Hmm, yeah. Question three, name your favourite game from age under 10 and then another game for each decade of your life. Uh, well, I'm an old bastard, so when I was 10, it was 1988. So it would have to be a Commodore 64 game. Right. Probably Whizball on the Commodore. Uh, I think that was the first game. I had a pack-in with my Commodore 64. There was six games and that was one of them. And there was Head Over Heels was another one that was a favourite. Probably Whizball. That's my favourite games from that period. So yeah, probably Whizball. And we're going from the ages of 10 to 20, aren't we? Yeah. So I'll pick a Mega Drive. I'll go Sonic the Hedgehog. Really? Okay. Yeah. I always sort of look at you and think, this guy's a Nintendo guy. So for someone to say Sonic the Hedgehog, is, it kind of takes me back a bit. Well, I was a Commodore 64 kid. Then I was a Mega Drive kid, and then it was floating between a PlayStation 1 and N64. That was the first Nintendo machine I owned was the N64. I only revisited the Nintendo stuff with the Virtual Console. Right. And found out what I was missing, and some of it was 
to be fair, a lot better than the Mega Drive stuff. It aged better. Yeah, I, I would sure. say so. So that was 98, so 2008 I was 30. Oh, let's say Call of Duty 4, that was 2007. I'm surprised this one hadn't been brought up before. I played the shit out of Tony. Uh, yeah, Dash I remember. So yeah, Call of Duty. I think maybe the people that I've had on have just shied away from Call of Duty. They've not been in that mindset. They don't have that mantra of Call of Duty. But it don't surprise me that it's turned up. It's just surprised me that we've got to this episode before it's actually been brought up. Yeah. The influence that game had on the industry was fucking phenomenal at the time. Yep. You've got to remember, it broke Xbox Live. Yeah. That's how popular it was. It broke Xbox Live. Before Lizard Squad and all these other fucking knobheads that could <laughs> DDoS started breaking shit. Yeah. So are we doing 2018 as well? Well, you're in your 40s, so you have to pick a game from your 40s. <laughs> this is have... going to be quite hard because you've only just turned 40. Yeah, I really wasn't happy with that, but yeah. Let's say God of War. Let's say God of War. That's a cracking game. I don't think you've played it yet, have you? I've not. I want to, though. Yeah. It is a cracking game, that one. So, yeah, I'd say, uh, so what did we say? Whizball. Whizball, Sonic, Sonic Hedgehog. Then it was Call of Duty, and then God of War. Then be some big milestones. Yeah. Question four. Name a game you wish you were good at, but aren't. Going back to the fighting special you did with Lee, I would say Street Fighter. Street Fighter 2 or any variant of Street Fighter 2 or fighting games in general. I've always mm. tried Mortal Kombat. I really, really hoped I was good at, but I'm not. I remember when I was a kid or teenager, I played Street Fighter 2 or one of the versions of Street Fighter 2 with my brother and I insanely practiced all the moves so I knew every move for every character and I'd play my brother who didn't care and didn't know any of the moves. He button mashed the hell out of it and he beat me. Damn. Well, yeah. So, yeah, something like Street Fighter, probably. I was watching that someone linked a video somewhere, and it wore the um, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. And they were like, that looks incredible. It wore some tournament they were at. The spectacle of watching it were like, this makes me wish I were good at these games, but I just literally have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And it's only because of the shoutcasters coming in the britches over stuff <laughs> that I know that something good's just happened or just something technical just happened. Yeah, especially when you when you start getting into the parrying of Street Fighter 3, that's just, I don't understand that at all. Don't get it. Well, I understand it, but understanding something and actually doing it is yeah, fucking two insane. completely different things. Question five. <laughs> You have an extraordinary voice with lots of expression and variation. That's true. <laughs> if you could voice a game character, what game would it be and what type of character would you play in it? Oh, God, God. What a question. For comedy value, let's say um, a DJ in Burnout. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine? Just... <laughs> yeah, and all the songs are picked by you, so it's all just fucking shoegaze or girl bands. <laughs> Yeah, girl, girl bands with Mogwai. And me doing a voice like, that was an amazing drift. Yeah, you just basically be Laszlo from Vice City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll go with that. Let's, let's go with that. Oh, God. Yeah, what an answer. <laughs> Question six. You are locked into playing games with one person and one person only. Who is that person and why would you pick them? I'm probably going to say my best mate, to be honest, because I don't play games enough with him because we don't see each other that often, about two or three times a year, and it's always fun playing stuff with him. So whether it's an actual co-op game or something where I'm controlling it and we're both deciding what to do, like a Sherlock mm. Holmes or a Telltale kind of game. So yeah, probably him, and we've never really fallen out, so probably that. It's not a very exciting answer, but <laughs> no one famous I couldn't, I couldn't think of. What's his name? Uh, Zia, Z-I-A. Or okay. Z. Well, there you go, Zia. 
Yeah. You're probably not listening to this, but... Probably, I would imagine not, no. You should make him listen to it now, because he's like, oh, I should maybe, maybe it'll fucking spurn him into fucking playing with you more. Yeah, yeah, probably. Question seven. Name a licensed song you heard in a game that you cannot stand to listen to. Hmm, that's a really hard question, because there's not many songs in the world that I really intensely dislike. The only song I can think of at the top of my head that I really dislike, and I don't think is in a video game, is Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. The first few notes from the keyboard and the intro come in. Uh, I want to punch a wall. It's a combination of hearing it so much and it being on an advert with Sainsbury's with um, that knobhead chef. That makes me want to punch things. But songs and games? I can't really think of anything, to be honest. That's... That is a very, very good question. I can't think of an answer for that one. You've got Chimmy to thank for it, because he, um, he seeded this when he mentioned Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Yeah, see, I, I quite like that song. I'll tell you what I dislike, and it's tangentially related, and that is the trend at the moment for having slow cover versions of fast songs in trailers. You know, it started with Gears of War. Yeah, and they have floaty fucking vocals and stuff, and it's like, oh, come on. And Dead Island, because everyone thought Dead Island was going to be this serious, heart-wrenching game (laughs) because of the trailer. (laughs) So that's the closest I can come to an answer is that is... It's become so ridiculous now that they really need punching in the face. You're punching a lot of people in the face in this. Yeah, and walls. You're such an aggressive man. Yeah. Okay, it's the perennial question. Question eight. Is there anything in games that makes you cringe or be disappointed in the inclusion of such things? I guess the, everyone's normal answer is boobs, isn't it? So. Um... Mm, that tends to be the most popular one. I tell you what, actually, here's a here's an anecdote. My last girlfriend, who did not like video games at all, and it wasn't something I thought about until I was seeing her, and I was trying to sort of like encourage her not to play video games, but like, tolerate them. Yeah, tolerate them so I can play them and have you know rather than not limit my time even further. And she was like, okay, then show me games that aren't ultra violent because all you know she was like all games are ultra violent and it embarrassed me to find that there's very 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 few games that aren't violent in some way shape or form like you think of any game that you play the amount that don't involve killing things are very very slim yeah i was thinking about this before we sat to record Hmm. remember the playstation advert where it was like i've commanded armies i've done this i've done yeah yeah I've lived a double life. In the day I do my job, I ride the bus, roll up my sleeves with the hoi polloi. But at night, I live a life of exhilaration. Of missed heartbeats and adrenaline. And, if the truth be known, a life of dubious virtue. I won't deny I've been engaged in violence, even indulged in it. I've maimed and killed adversaries, and not merely in self-defense. I've exhibited disregard for life, limb, and property. And savoured every moment. You may not think it to look at me. But I have commanded armies. And conquered worlds. And though in achieving these things, I have set morality aside. I have no regrets. For though I've led a double life, at least I can say, I have lived.
that advertisement got me thinking. I've thought about it loads of times. It's one of these your recurrent thoughts, like ponderings, of how many things I've killed in my gaming career. Yeah. And it must be millions. It's got to be millions. Like, collectively, we've genocided so many digital lives. Yeah. That it sort of... I mean, none of us... I'm saying none of us have killed anyone. I don't know about... <laughs> <laughs> Dogs probably killed some people. But it's one of those things where there's such a broad scope for ideas in games, but like you say, 99% of them revolve around killing something. Yeah, even if it's cartoony and not really aggressive, like I was going to say Overwatch, but that, that is fairly aggressive. But something like Mario, you're still killing things. Yeah, even esoteric things like Space Invaders, when it's yeah. just a, a dot shooting another dot, it's still a death on screen. Yeah, like in front of me, I can see uh, I've got a case for No Man's Sky and a PlayStation, and even that, you're killing things in it. Mm. It was difficult to find stuff that wasn't in some way violent, and that embarrassed me at the time because, like, I really want her to appreciate what video games can be, but unfortunately, they're not doing themselves any favors. Mm. So, yeah, I'd say that. Question nine You get to pick any game that you'd like to change the score of it got on release. Which game do you go for? Explain your choice. That's an interesting question to ask me because I don't give a shit about scores. I don't use Metacritic, but the idea of having lots of people's opinions about something, collating it together and go, oh, right, so generally that's seen as being a good thing or this is generally seen as being a bad game. I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like. So this is why I asked you, because I'm not a big score person either. I play mm. what I want. And if it's got a good score, then okay. If it's got a bad score, I don't really give a fuck. If I'm enjoying it, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. But sometimes you look at stuff and go, man, that really should have got a better score. Like, I don't understand why it got so panned. Or I don't understand why this game got so well received when it came out, because it's a bit shit on reflection. Actually, yeah, I do have an answer for that. The first Assassin's Creed game came out. Yeah, that got like 4 out of 10, didn't it? It got either 3 or 4 and on Games TM and maybe a couple other outlets as well. And I went to my best mate to stay with him. Uh, I took my 360. Uh, I brought a load of games, like a big variety of games. And he was like, yeah, we need something new. What about that Assassin's Creed game? I was like, dude, I got 4 out of 10. I'm not I'm not going anywhere near that game. Mm. And then about a day later, it's like, oh, fuck it. Got 40 quid, went to the shop, bought it. It's like, well, let's at least see how bad this is. Cut to about 12 hours later and me and him were just looking at each other going this got four like this is fucking insane this is a great game obviously it's flawed and it's been much improved in later games but the idea that that game got four out of ten is absurd to me because i really really enjoyed it but um there we go so probably the first assassin's creed i think the general consensus is that it must have been good enough because otherwise it wouldn't have got a sequel and it wouldn't have spun off into the huge fucking franchise that it is well i think the there was few outlets that gave it that low a score plus you've got to remember that that game was really fucking expensive to make. I think it probably sold pretty well. So all things together, they were bound to make sequels because mm. they had so many people working on it. And and it were invested. Yeah. Cliffy B once said that Gears 1 didn't make any money at all. It was just all about laying a foundation for further games. Yeah, I, I can believe that. Question 10. Name your favourite poster on MF Gamers. Right. I thought about this. I, I thought you might ask me this question. I ask everyone. That's true. And I was going to cheat and I was going to pick one of my best friends who is on the forum and has posted before and you can find him under the name Dead Rabbit. 
and I was going to say him. But my real answer, Ildog, because I have great memories of playing video games with him, particularly on the 360. We played every Gears of War game together on insane difficulty. I have heard him swear more than any man I've ever known. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I think at one point I could hear him throw his controller. I'm pretty sure. Very, very angry. And I, which is not surprising because he's playing Gears of War and insane. He's playing it with me. So he doesn't post as much as uh, he used to. And it's a big shame. When he does post, he uh, he comes out with the corkers. Yes. Yes, he does. So yeah, I'd say Eldog. Question 11. Name your favourite weapon in any game you've played. The boom shot, probably, in Gears of War. That was, a, was, that was the name of the sniper rifle, wasn't it? No, the long shot. The long shot in Gears of War and the, oh god, what was it called, where you call in the airstrike thing? The Hammer of Dawn. Yeah, the Hammer of Dawn was pretty satisfying, but you didn't get to do it very much. But the long shot has one of the most satisfying head pop sounds I think I've ever heard in my life. Do you know how they got that sound effect? Was it like hammering some fruit or something? They wrapped a melon in tinfoil and then smashed it with a baseball bat. <laughs> Oh, ace. That sound is just perfect. It is. It's super. I think that's a good example of just good game design, or good feedback, hmm. making a weapon feel absolutely fucking awesome. Every time that, like, we play Gears of War a lot, mainly Horde, I think. Yeah. Every time I'd have the option, I would go for that weapon. I prefer staying back and uh, getting the sniper rifle out. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's my answer for that one. Question 12. Out of the consoles you've owned, which one has the best startup theme? Ooh. As soon as you said that, my first thought was GameCube. Which startup theme out of the GameCube? Because there were actually three of them. Were there? Yeah. If you oh, if you hold down the, the game button, up, yeah. Yeah, if you started up an old Z to do like a kid laughing and can't remember what the fourth one was. You only ever saw it a couple of times. Yeah, I, I have done it, but I can't remember what they were like. But uh, let's say the generic boot up for GameCube. The one where it started playing a glockenspiel. Yeah. They don't really do them anymore, do they? Start up proper good startups. Nah, it's just some fucking like orchestra warming up or some shit in it. It's just they're not as cool as they used to be. Yeah, the 360 one was pretty good, but yeah, the GameCube by a, by a country mile, probably the GameCube. Question thirteen: Who's working the game industry do you admire the most? For the amount of hits and few misses, you'd probably have to say Miyamoto. But I get the uh, the guy who does Dark Souls. He's um he's got some pretty cool design ideas. I've never really took any notice of From before Dark Souls, but they're pretty good. I don't know. I mean, I can't think of many developers that as soon as they announce a game, regardless of whatever it is, I'm interested. Yeah, you're just interested because they're involved. Yeah, there's like I said, like oh, this is Miyamoto's brand new original game. Then you'd everyone would go. Ooh, what's that? Like they did with Pikmin. Mm. But that's probably the only one I can think of, to be honest. Uh, it's a bit of a boring answer, but yeah, Miyamoto probably. Mm. Question 14. Pinpoint a moment where gaming changed forever. Probably 360 and Xbox Live booming up and becoming this big thing because it wasn't a new thing, but it was... They sort of packaged it in a way that it was accessible to everyone, didn't they? Yeah, it certainly changed. Or you could say Steam and what Steam became with the also the online stuff. Like before that, if you were an indie developer, you were basically screwed. And now we're in a position where bedroom coders can exist again like they did in the 80s. Mm. In some form or another, online has 
completely change things. That's probably the biggest change since 3D gaming, I would say. Mm. The interesting thing about Steam is when it came out, everyone fucking hated it. Yeah. Everyone yeah. absolutely despised it. And now everyone despises all the other platforms and just wants Steam. I don't know. I think they they sort of well the bad man for a long time and then they became the good guy and now they're sort of the bad guy again with the you know, the green light fucking crap. Yeah. Oh god, that's a that's a fucking that's a topic for another show, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Steam, the rise and fall and rise and fall of it. Question fifteen. Give me your best impression of your favourite game character. Okay, you ready? I'm born ready. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Are you cheating? You and that was cheating, Gordon Freeman. No, no. You can <laughs> bollocks. Like people have tried this one before. It's not happening. Uh as you said, I have a very expressive voice, so, you know, this, this should be easy. Let's see if you, you can tell who this is. Ah, you kids today with your techno music. You should listen to the classics, like Hasselhoff. <laughs> Do we know who that is? I know who it is. Go on, then. It's Reinhardt. It is Reinhardt, yes. Catchphrase! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love his voice. He comes out as such a tiny man as well. <laughs> yeah. I love the character of Mercy, but he's got the best voice. Just the best. Question 16. Tell me the funniest or weirdest video game glitch you've ever seen happen in your own games. Didn't we have one where you were riding like a, a vehicle, but you weren't riding a vehicle? It was like you got into a vehicle, but you hadn't got into a vehicle. Or you'd got out of the vehicle, but you're still, your character's still in a sort of seated position as it's gliding forward. Can't remember what it was, but it was within the last year. Oh, no, well, Payday. Yes, that's Payday it. Payday 2, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, when you get in the vehicle, you're just fucking driving round yeah, <laughs> in your seated it? position. It was like a forklift, I think, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, there's a couple of vehicles in that game. Yeah. But yeah, I... you sort of get stuck. I've seen that glitch fucking loads as well, and it never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> it's just people shooting bullets from the fingertips. Yeah, fantastic. you think they'd sort that, wouldn't you? But I guess it's not ruining too much. Just immersion. Yeah. It's not fucking things up, so they just leave it. Question 17, name a bit of game design that impressed you when you first saw it. That, I would instantly say Dark Souls. The level design in Dark Souls. How you think it's going to be this linear path and you don't realise what you see in the horizon you're going to get to, which is not unusual, but you get to a certain point and then you don't realise that you've been wrapping around and circling around but going up and then you find a ladder, go down the ladder, go, oh shit, I'm back where I was before. Mm. And it's those games are full of stuff like that, and I've never been so impressed by level design until I played the first Dark Souls. It's a it's a cracker. There's a lot of games that have done that sort of thing, haven't there? You can see off in the distance, and you think, oh, it's just background. I'm yeah. not actually going to get there. And then you look back, and it's like, hang on a minute. I walked up that bit. That's the ledge and part that I had to do. And you sort of tracing back on what you did. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how hard that is to do. I, I, I can't imagine how anyone designed stuff like that because it, it must take god knows how much time i think there's some games that they build out a lego i have heard of uh, tales of that yeah so there's sort of have some idea of they have some idea of location and destination and what you can see mm. question 18 are there any parts of gaming that are no longer with us that you miss cheat codes probably now it's all dlc you don't see that anymore you don't see people giving away costumes for you've completed the game you now get to play it again as yeah you know, well it's just cost the assets strip the games it's, yeah. it's money's more important it's not a case of hey you finished the game have a costume for it 
Yeah, like I played the shit out of the first, let's say, six Tony Hawk games, and a lot of them would have multiple characters to unlock and different costumes for characters, and it encouraged you to play through the whole thing as, like, say, Tony Hawk, and then Bob Berquist and Rodney Mullen, and just complete it several times over and get more characters and build those characters up. Yeah, build on your roster and develop them, and then you get stupid stuff like Darth Maul and what have you. Yeah, there was Spider-Man, Darth Maul, all sorts of things like that. So, yeah, like, you don't get that anymore. You don't get, oh, you can unlock this skin or character. Mm. Instead, it's you can unlock this skin or character if you give us some cash. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most damaging things to gaming that's ever happened. Uh, I wouldn't say it's... I don't know if it's the most damaging. It's, it's certainly the most prominent. I'd say it was damaging because, I mean, you said you played the games through, there was an incentive there, and now that incentive's gone. It's just an incentive to pay them. And yeah, I don't like that idea of taking something out to sell it back to you. It just, it's really, really fucking shady. Yeah, I guess so, but at the same time, my game playing has changed because back then I wouldn't buy that many games and I'd play them over and over again, mm. whereas now like I'm playing Hollow Knight and I've put a lot of hours into it and when I finally finish it, that'll be it. Regardless of whatever else there is to do, I will move on to something else. So my playing has changed anyway because I just buy so many games. I just bounce from one to the other once I finish But the it. people that do spend a lot of time playing games shouldn't be punished just because your habits have changed. Oh, no, people yeah. Spend, like, that's what I'm saying. If you want to spend a lot of time playing a game, there should be a content there for you to do that. Yeah. And, and to strip it strip it away and go, well, you can have this for two quid. And it's like, nah, mate, it should just be there. Yeah, it's all games of service now, isn't it? So Yeah, it's. It, I find it very, very skeevy what they're doing with a lot of games in that regard. It's very anti-consumer, I think, to remove stuff from your games that should just be there. For example, I'm, I've am i been playing a lot of Borderlands recently, mm. and I remember when the game came out, depending on where you pre-ordered it from, you got the, the creature Slaughter Dome or whatever it was, and I've only just played that through because I refused to buy it before, and it wasn't worth the money that they were asking for it. Well, so did you get it for free? You got it for free if you pre-ordered, but the war, you could also buy it at a later date, and it was a couple of quid but it won't worth a couple of quid it was just a room with enemies in it and it's like this is this is fucking stupid it's very much like the um remember when gears of war 3 came out and it was oh you can if you pre-order from this place you can get dom skin if you pre-order yeah. from this place you can get this skin if you pre-order from this place you can get this skin and it's like nah just put it all in the game no one's got fucking time to all the money or the inclination to fucking buy several copies of this game so they can get all the content it should just be all in there yeah it wasn't the dlc for gears 3 as well where you could buy was it weapons or weapon skins yeah that were the first foray into these fucking like rainbow lances and stuff and it were just like nah it should have just been the game there's enough medals in there award the people that are playing the game a lot to get those skins this is going back to the old it shouldn't be purchasable it should just be there in the game to unlock yeah, I think the best situation is somewhere in the middle where if you want to buy it, you can. If you don't want to buy it, you will play the game a lot and you will eventually get it. Like if you earn enough in-game credits and then you can go to the store and go, right, I want that skin. And similar to the kind of way that Overwatch does it. Like Overwatch, loot box, um, I don't know, I have no problem with the way that works. 
because um, I, I I haven't bought a single one. I have mixed feelings on that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the thing that a lot of people say, well, it doesn't affect gameplay, but it does because I can't go into a game and just have everyone using the standard emotes, the standard skins. I can't go into a game and if Trace is going to be in there, she's just wearing a, a standard yellow getup. Mm. Like that's the thing. People say it doesn't affect your game, but it does because they're just an advertisement to whatever's out currently. It's always a keeping up with the Joneses sort of thing. I sort of made a point with um, the last time I played Overwatch where I just like fucking changed back to the normal skins. Yeah, maybe that's just me. Hmm. I don't know whether I'm on my own there or, but yeah, whatever. Question 19, where do you think gaming will go over the next few years and what will be your part in it? My part of it will be limited to playing them, but... The cynic in me says it's probably going to get worse, like the things we were just discussing of loot boxes and skins being purchasable and stuff. That's either going to get worse or they're going to figure it out because the lawmakers will make them figure it out. But I think it's probably going to be a case of they find a workaround, like, oh, this technically isn't gambling anymore because we tell you exactly what the odds are or something like that. Well, they can tell you what the odds are. It's still gambling because you're taking a punt on getting the rare thing or whatever yeah. you're after. I mean, like, the the way they worked around in China where... It's the old, we can't sell water, but we can sell peanuts. So if you buy one peanut, you get a free bottle of water with it. Yeah. The roughhousing the laws by circumventing. You can't do this, so, but we can do this. And by doing this, we can navigate around the law that's not allowing us to sell loot boxes or whatever. Gaming is going to get a lot better. But the way that they're going to nickel and dime people with the... Going back to question 18 with the... Just stripping things out so they can fucking sell them back to you. You're never going to be able to go, okay, there's my 40 quid and I now own everything in this game. It's Mm. just not going to happen. If you want the whole game, you are looking at 100, 150 quid to buy everything because it's not enough for them to just sell the 40 quid game now and, and turn a profit and support it. They've got to be greedy and they've got to add a load of fucking shite that don't need to be added. Well, on the flip side, what I think will happen in the future is, and I've seen happen on the App Store, where people will advertise their games proudly saying, you pay £5 and you get the game. There are no mm. DLC, there are no in-app purchases, you just get the game. And obviously that's a that's in the minority, but I think you will see more of a kickback and you will have people who will be coming up wanting to make games inspired by games they used to play and wanting to bring back stuff that is you buy the game you get the game yeah and that's it so i think on the whole things will go more in that purchase type tlc stuff but you will see a healthy underground of people fighting against it the cynic in me says it's going to get worse but the uh, the more positive hippie in me says it's uh, it's going to be fine yeah, I've, I've no doubt that the game's going to get much better, but I think the nickel and diamond is, is going to get worse. Mm. Question 20, your fuck, marry, kill question. I've thrown the fucking questions shit out for this one. Okay. Your fuck, marry, kill options are the music podcasts, the play on <laughs> bin podcasts, or the specials that we do. Oh, right, okay. Let's say kill, play one bin, because they're more of a pain in the arse. <laughs> For various reasons. Why? <laughs> Why? I think they're all right. No, no, it's it's. I I enjoy making them, but of the of those three, like let's say the music ones, I'm gonna say um fuck because they are thirty minutes of my life that it takes. I I take very little time to make, which is not to say I don't put any effort into them, but I can do them at any point. Three o'clock in the morning, can't sleep, put headphones on, 
make a music podcast dead easy don't need to worry about waking anyone up or any sound pissing someone off so i would say fuck the music ones marry the specials because i am insanely proud of the specials we've done the burnout one the souls one and the yakuza one i am really really proud of them i put a lot of effort into them mm. i've just realized i could have called this instead of fuck marry killer could have called it player one thing <laughs> you could have done yeah fucking hell yeah damn uh, missed, missed opportunity. opportunity boom yeah so kill or bin would be uh, play what bin simply because it's not as interesting as the others but I think it's an important one for us to have it's important for us to have some kind of monthly roundup and it sort of focuses the month so at the beginning of the month you have the questions the end of the month you have the look back on the month and what people have been playing but it's the my least favourite of those three options I would say and I'm still waiting for someone else to take over and start hosting <laughs> them <laughs> yeah you should put a vacancies thing in front yeah. do you want to host this show because I'm fucking sick of it yeah. <laughs> so that's it, yeah. Kill the play won't bin, fuck the music and marry the specials. Yeah. There we go. I've been Simon. And I've been me. Bye bye.